Happy Thanksgiving, everyone, and welcome to the VolQuest.com Mailbag Podcast, brought to you by our friends at Blue Water Climate Control, and uh, we certainly wish everyone out there a great Thanksgiving and hope you uh, uh, stay safe and um, hope everybody gets a chance to visit with some of their family, if not all their family, on this Thanksgiving and be thankful for everything um, that they have, uh, even though it's been obviously a challenging and difficult 2020, and it's a challenging and difficult 2020 for the Tennessee Athletic Department. We'll talk about that and much more in our mailbag podcast here again, presented by Blue Water Climate Control. I'm Brent Hubbs with Rob Lewis and Austin Price. Gentlemen, happy Thanksgiving. Back at you, Hubbard. Hope the smoke turkey turns out well. Gobble, gobble. Gobble, gobbles. Exactly right. All right, let's jump into, speaking of gobble, gobbles, let's jump into some questions here. We'll gobble the, as many of these as we can up for everybody uh, on this podcast, we'll start with Vol Steel Man. What are the odds that Pruitt will be back at two and eight or three and seven? This is a very popular question throughout the podcast, so we're not going to revisit it four or five different times in this podcast. <laughs> but obviously, we will we will address it at, at this point. Uh, you know, I, I think if, again, I've said this. If I were guessing right now, I think Jeremy Pruitt's going to be back next year. Um, is that an absolute? Is that definite? I don't think that that's the case at all. But if somebody says right now, what do you think is going to happen? My guess right now is that Jeremy Pruitt is the head football coach at the University of Tennessee next season. What say you guys? Austin, we'll start with you. You know, Brent, I've thought a long about it. You know, I went up and spent yesterday with my my side of the family and then my, with my in-laws today. And, you know, <laughs> I thought a lot about it during the drive and I started thinking about timelines and, you know, if you're going to make a move to me, you can't wait on that Vanderbilt game on the 19th, which is the date that everybody's kind of pinned that one in. Right. You know, um, because that's post signing day. Like you're really going to let this class sign and then make a move on the coach three days later. I, I just don't see that. So like, you know, I, I, I lean heavily towards him being back unless something's done like in the next week. And I just don't think that's going to be the case. Again, Tennessee's likely to play Florida next Saturday, Brent, with not a full complement of top-end players. I mean, they've got several out due to contact tracing, some big names. And, you know, that's that's something that, you know, everybody's had to deal with at some point or another during COVID. But all of a sudden you're playing one of your main rivals, at a game that nobody really gives you a chance anyways. And then now you're playing without, you know, several of your top players. Yeah, you know, to me that's that's going to be, you know, uh, almost it's almost a feather in the cap for Jeremy to be able to say I didn't have my guys, you know. I mean, like I, and, and again, I think that when you look at the timeline, that signing day is the 16th. They don't play Vanderbilt till the 19th. You know, if everything goes off like it's supposed to. Now, granted, you know, it, it could change. Um, you know, I just think it lends itself to him being back unless something goes dramatically wrong over the next three weeks. Well, I think they're going to probably more likely play Vanderbilt on the 12th than the 19th based on some of the things that Coach Fulmer has indicated um, and, and said even on ball calls on Wednesday night a little bit. But even in, even in that scenario, Austin, I think your, your point on the timeline is well taken. Even if Vanderbilt is played the 12th, that's the Saturday before signing day starts on Wednesday. You're, you're not – I mean, are you going to make a change on Sunday and expect that group of guys to sign on Wednesday? I mean, nor, normally normally you have – normally, normally most coaches are fired, um, you know, the, you know, 24th, 25th, 26th, and that of November. Normally there's a four to – you know, four to seven-day window to hire a coach. 
you, you, you've got somebody in place by December 3rd or 4th, and they've got a couple of weeks, this would leave you no time. And I, and I just said the 19th based off the fact that talking to Coach Pruitt the other night, he felt like that game was going to be the 19th. And then and talking to somebody else uh, down at the SEC office, they felt like that game was going to be the 19th as well. But that, that And it that may very well be. Con- the 19th contradicts the whole notion of getting the division games in, which is what the thing that they've talked about this entire time. But I, I just think two things, COVID-19 and $16 million roughly total buyouts for Jeremy and assistance. I mean, I think that this is a year with an asterisk on it. I mean, I don't – you can't sell that Tennessee made progress this year, but you also – I mean, I'm not using COVID as an excuse, but it, it's just been a season unlike any other. I think you couple that with the astronomical buyout in a year where they're losing – 40 to 50 million in the athletic department. And I think he's back. I, I, and I, and I continue to go back and, and I know we're ready to move on to the next question. I continue to go back to the fact that in my, in my heart of hearts, I truly believe the anger and angst among the fans would be so dramatically different. Had JG not started post Kentucky. I, I, that's really to me when the anger started to build when they played Bama and then when they played Arkansas and then when they played, obviously, this past game against Auburn, it's been the last month of him going back out there. Everybody was ready to move on to Harrison Bailey. And, again, the anger went from being mad about J.G. to all of a sudden that anger shifted towards Coach Pruitt because he was the one putting him back out there. And they're just done with seeing number two. And, and think about this, too. As bad as Tennessee's been, if, if you play an eight-game SEC schedule with four non-conference games, say even, even if you lose at Oklahoma, what are you sitting there right? I mean, you're sitting there right now at, at what five and five and three, five five and four with three to play, or no, maybe five and five. Anyway, you'd have five wins, and you wouldn't have played Auburn. You wouldn't be playing Texas A&M. It wouldn't have been a great year, but it wouldn't have felt like it does right now. Yeah, and Austin, I think you make a great point on on the 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 Jared stuff post Kentucky um, because it you know it went from can Jerry get it done to don't want to see Jared ever again after those two pick sixes I mean, against Kentucky. I, I think that's a great point. Well, I mean, look at our board. I mean, like, I mean, like our board, you know, in our board, Twitter, you look at all these different, you know, you know, type of outlets for people to kind of voice their opinion. And, and they were all very similar. And, and, you know, they were tired of Jared anyways. Like they didn't really want Jared to start the first game this year, but they understood, you know, they understood to maybe give him a, a you know, year you know year two, first time he's ever had the same coordinator twice. He comes out, he beats South Carolina, he beats Missouri, and then of course, I, you know, part of the the mistakes at Georgia to me were not on him as much as it was other players. But then it just started to build during that Kentucky game. I mean, it was just that game was the game that you know they they were if, every Vol fan if they had any inkling for Jarrett went straight out the window. All right, let's go to S. Pitball, who's got some fun questions here on this Thanksgiving. Favorite ball of all time, favorite game of all time, favorite coach of all time can include assistant coaches. Who wants to go first? Man, I would probably have to say. I mean, he, if you go, he didn't say ball that you covered. He just said vol. So you can go anywhere yeah, you want to go with that. Ball that I covered would probably be Chris Lofton. Vol, you know, as a as a kid. Man, I mean, he's uh, – Johnny Jones, man. That was – that's an old school one I was a big fan of. Bill Bates and, you know, anybody, everybody who ever 
you know, paying attention to Tennessee football would have Peyton on that list somewhere. All right, favorite game, Rob? Ooh. And 92 yep. Florida, certainly up there. In the I rain? Mean, the rainy Florida, yeah. Both those two were, were good. And 98 Florida would be – and, you know, I, I don't remember this as well, but the Johnny Jones when, – when Johnny Jones sealed the deal on Alabama when Tennessee hadn't won that one in my, probably my lifetime at that point, that was, that was a big one. Best basketball game you covered, overtime win over Texas? Uh, I didn't cover that one. I yeah, did. I, mean, I was there. Excuse me. I'm, I'm sorry. I was thinking about the one that was at Texas. That was um, – man, I hate to say it. Probably the best basketball game I've covered was the Purdue loss. <laughs> that was – I mean, that was a great basketball game. Yeah. Yeah. Favorite coach of all time. Maybe the guy coaching basketball right now. All right. Let's go to Austin Price for years. Uh, Austin, take it away. Oh, favorite ball that I've covered. Uh, that's, that's tough. Um, there've been several guys that I really enjoyed. Um, uh, favorite, favorite ball period. I, I lean more towards when I was a kid. So like when I was a kid, you know, coming down when I was, when I, for my eighth birthday, uh, Larry Lacewell had me down for practice. So I loved that team that had like Dale Carter, Carl Pickens, um, you know, I think Aaron Hayden was on that team. He's probably my favorite guy to talk to now, um, post everything. I just think Aaron's just a level-headed dude, and just you can just talk about all kinds of stuff with him. Um, favorite game? And then uh, favorite game, I, I would go 98 Arkansas because I was at that game. Um, you know, I, that just the, the end sequence was ridiculous. Uh, I, I would also go – that 05 or that that uh, overtime Texas game, not the shot over Durant, but the subsequent five second call. To me, that's the loudest I've ever heard Thompson Bowling Arena when I've been in there. Um, favorite coach? Are we talking head coach or assistant coach? It just says you can include assistant coaches. So you pick anybody you want. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> I've been partial to several. Um, uh, I'm partial to the running backs coach now. Um, I, I I really like Coach Pruitt. You know, I I think that you know, um, I know the fans don't don't necessarily uh, maybe agree right now because they you know they're, they're ready to move on from him. But uh, you know, I, I, there's several guys on this staff that I think you know are, are really really solid guys. Um, I, I was always really close with Chief, um, super guy to deal with. Um, what about you, Hubs? All right, my favorite coaches of all time. I'm gonna go two. I like Rick Barnes. I enjoy visiting with Rick Barnes. We talk so when we talk, we talk so little basketball. We talk more in the off season than we do during season. Um, j- just because I, I find him interesting to, to talk to, he's fun to deal with. Uh, David Cutcliffe, who I've always kept in touch with, was tremendous to me when I was first getting started. And I always had a, a really good relationship with Rodney Garner. And uh, he wasn't here for a long time, but have continued on with that relationship. Doug Marone's another guy I hit it off with, even though he was only here for a year. And uh, I, I enjoy covering Sam Pittman. Those are some of the assistant coaches that, that jump out to me that you have a chance to get to know. Head coaches are a little bit different because those normal conversations with them are sometimes about stuff they don't want to talk about. And you can talk a little more ball sometimes with, with an assistant coach or a little more casual conversation with an assistant coach. And I, so I didn't realize assistants were eligible. I'm sorry. I didn't realize assistants were eligible. I just wanted to make sure I mentioned the, the, the great Steve Forbes before we, before we move on. Yeah, I, I would add Zach Azani to my list as well. All right. Favorite game of all time for me, um, 82 Memphis State's first game I ever went to with my dad. 
Uh, one of the very few games I went to with my dad, that game will always have a, wasn't a very good game, but it was a special game for me because I was uh, with, with my dad at, at that one. First time I got indoctrinated to Tennessee um, was, was in that game with my dad. So that one always stands out. The 95 Alabama game might be the most fun I've ever had watching a game. Uh, just because of the relief everybody had in that game. It was just amazing to see, you know, the crowd and, and even the people in the ball network booth, just this, just this, it was over. The streak was over. So that game always steps out or stands out to me. Favorite ball of all time. Um, certainly enjoyed covering uh, a lot of those guys in the nineties, Al Wilson, uh, Dion Grant. Those guys were all fun to cover. Um, enjoyed covering Leonard Little, enjoyed getting to know Leonard Little probably better after he played than when he played. Uh, but uh, I think Leonard's a fun guy to cover. He Shuler was always very nice to me when I was really young and had no idea what I was doing. So there's a few that jump out to me that way. All right, Pine Mountain Ball. Solved the argument on the board uh, that the board is having about Bailey having a weak arm and a slow delivery with a hitch in it. What are your thoughts on this topic? I don't know about the hitch because I'm not a quarterback guru. I don't think he gets the ball out of his hand fast to, as fast as you would like. I think that's something he has to tighten up, probably shorten his release a little bit. Um, I, I wouldn't say he's got a weak arm. I don't know that he's got a cannon either, but I wouldn't call it a weak arm, Rob. No, I thought, I mean, two throws, the first one he made, I guess it was, was it Jalen Hyatt on the, on the first completion, about 12, 13 yard out. And the one where Warren made a fingertip snag on, over the middle. I thought those were two, two throws that jumped out to me that, you know, showed some velocity. Now, you know, was he, I mean, he, he, he doesn't have a cannon. I'm not saying that, but you know, Jamarcus Russell could throw it through a brick wall. What's he been doing the last 10 years? And Drew Brees. Meanwhile, I don't know if he can throw it 25 yards down the field anymore. And I'm not saying Harrison's either one of those. I'm just saying arm strength is not remotely close to being all playing quarterbacks about. Yeah, it's all about getting the ball out on time. And and Coach Pro brought up a great point on his his show on Sunday, um, and and that's that Harrison throws what is well, that would be labeled a soft ball. It's an easy ball to catch, not a heavy heavy ball. Um, you know that some of these other quarterbacks throw. So he he throws a ball that is is easier to catch than the other guys. Um, you know, but yeah, his, his you know. <laughs> Going back to spring practice, he had that one practice that we were out there at, and you know, put everybody put out their thirty-second video of him. And how many Vol fans? I don't know how many I saw on Facebook and Twitter. They're like, "Man, that's an arm." Harrison's got the fourth out of four arms as far as the quarterback. But again, I agree with Rob. That's overrated. Like that's only you're talking about a you know a small amount of throws where you have really got to have an excellent arm to make those throws. Um, so, I mean, I think that he'll be fine. And I, I don't – I'm with Hubs. I've not seen any kind of hitch in, in, in the throwing motion. I, I just think that right now he's a freshman. He's getting his first playing time. I think his head will spin more next Saturday, you know, if, if providing he gets the start, and I think he will, you know, when he's seeing the first team D right out of the gate and not, you know, a defense that's, you know, dropping people. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to co- combine a couple of questions here. Um one, is this, is this truly Hugh Freeze's dream job? And two, would Tennessee look to hire Freeze, or is there too much baggage there? Uh, yes, I, 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 yes, I believe it is his dream job. He's told people that. Um, and, and then, uh, you know, as far as, you know, would Tennessee hire him? I don't know. I think that depends on, you know, you know who, who's making the hire, you know, you know and, and, you know, and, you know, how everybody feels about things. I mean, I think most most people in America give second chances now. So, 
Um, I don't think anybody's going to condemn the guy forever. Uh, that doesn't mean that, you know, the person making the hire at Tennessee would, you know, have them at the top of the list. Maybe they have somebody else. But, again, you know, Jeremy Pruitt's Tennessee's head coach, and I said this when Butch was the head coach. You know, it's really unfair to speculate about anything like that until they have an opening. All right. Rocky, go ahead. Rob. I, don't think they, I don't think they would. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what some people of influence around the decision makers. I don't know where they would stand on it at this point in time. So I'm not saying uh, that's my opinion on whether they should. That's my opinion on what they would do. I, don't, I just don't think that's a Tennessee thing. Rocky Top Tennessee Vol wants to know any rumors of recruits that might be cut or flip. Is everyone expected to sign in December as of now? You know, I, this is an interesting point because we get closer and closer. And, and I and I brought this up to somebody the other day. Is like if you're gonna if you're gonna you know cut a kid or you know decide to go in a different direction, you know, <laughs> this is a pandemic where like kids aren't allowed to take visits. So like, if you're doing that, I, I, in my opinion, you've got to do that now. Like you cannot wait till December 12th and then say, yeah, we're going to go in a different direction. Cause that's just not fair. So like at, at some point, if Tennessee is going to go in a different direction with a kid, they've got to do it to me sooner rather than later. Don't not you wait till the, I just think that that's too big of a PR nightmare, Brent, if, oh. during a pandemic to do that at the last hour. Yeah. I don't think that's a good look. I mean, I think you take, I think you take criticism for that. Um, Rob, don't you feel like it's in probably all these kids best interest to go ahead and sign in December? Cause there's no advantage <laughs> to waiting till if February. Take visits, yeah. I would, I would think so. That would be my take. I mean, no coaches coming to your high school. I mean, you're not going to check check anybody's campus out and AP. I, I completely a hundred percent could not agree more with AP that, you know, you need to be having some tough conversations right now. And, and I don't have – right at, at this current moment, as we sit here on Thanksgiving, I have no problem if any school decides to go in a different direction on a kid. Like, you know, somebody, some people may disagree. They may think, well, that's not – you know, this this year you shouldn't do that. I, I have no issue with it. I, I do have more of an issue with it if we do it, you know, doing it a, a, a week before signing day, like, I, you know, or less. Like, I just think that, you know – I. I just don't think that's fair to kids, period. All right. Steven Valencio Jackson wants to know, will the basketball balls pick up a tune-up game for December 8th or 9th before Cincinnati, Rob Lewis? They are trying, and, and, they, and they might pick up a game, you know, that's not on the schedule for after Cincinnati, but it's – I mean, it's it's the wild, wild west in non-conference basketball schedule right now. I mean, assistants are – I know Mike Schwartz that does it for Tennessee. It's, you know, it was just driving him crazy in October and November trying to piece together a schedule. So answer, yes, they're trying to. Do I, can they? I don't know. Don't, don't you think, though, that once we, once we even get into conference play, Rob, you're going to see non-conference games picked up in the middle of conference season just because you're going to have this, this run of, of teams from here and there that, that end up having to, you know, miss a couple of weeks. And so all of a sudden, you know, teams that normally had let's say Ole Miss on the schedule but they're out and all of a sudden they're having to pick up you know anybody just to, you know just to have games I mean just to so you don't have a long stretch I think that's definitely a possibility for sure be interesting to see how everybody navigates their conference schedule and how many games can you pick up on the fly which is what Tennessee is trying to do right now uh, you know probably would be easier to pick them up on the fly in December than it would be in January when everybody's into their regular conference grind but I'm with you guys. I think you do everything you can to try to play a game. 
All Vol 31 wants to know what's the overall attitude of the players towards Pruitt and his coaching staff at this point. How is the current staff chemistry on this team? You know, I, I haven't polled the players. I didn't think the players quit um, against Auburn. I thought they were ready to play out of the gate, thought they played uh, well with the exception of a handful of plays. And I don't think you can look at that team in the second half and say, boy, they just completely laid down. So that's kind of where I am with the players at this point. I, are they all happy? No, I'm sure they're not. And frustrations, are there frustrations with coaches? I'm sure there are. There is every year, regardless of what's going on. But I just haven't seen a team. I didn't see a team that quit Saturday night at Auburn, which tells me it may not be as bad as some people want to perceive it to be out there. I, mean, I, I agree with you completely, Hubbard. I, was, I mean, that's something I was looking for. I mean, I thought the effort was good. I mean, the execution a lot of times, you know, was not. But I thought the effort was good, and, and I was – you know, specifically watching for that just because all the questions people have had is, you know, about the, are these kids still fighting hard for him? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, Tennessee goes into every game and they, they fought their butts off. I mean, again, you can go back to the second half of Kentucky after that three and out, maybe you can say, did they really give a full effort that second half? It seemed like probably not, but everything else they have. And this is a team that, you know, I mean, they look like Marvin Harry just getting hit in the, you know, face with paint cans on home alone you know in the second half of most games so you know kudos to them for you know bringing it austin price with a christmas there reference on th- on turkey day drink um, hey, hey 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 hold on a minute. this question from uh when can i start uh brent is die hard a christmas movie Ab- absolutely it's a <laughs> don't christmas get me movie. started it's absolutely a christmas movie without without question why not no well sure it is <laughs> it is not it's it really- <laughs> Is home, is home Alone a Christmas movie? Absolutely. Yes. Wow, he, they could have left him at Home Alone at Easter. You know? Could have run but that they thing didn't. then. It was based around Christmas. Well, so was she Die got, Hard. It was based around a Christmas. Christmas party. It was based around a Christmas party, Austin Price. Absolutely. Hey, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. All right, let's go, let's go with Dixie more questions. Land, is Dixieland a lot about Tennessee or Alabama? It's about Tennessee. That's the way it was written. Right. That that from that, that from Baltimore. All right, let's go to let's go to I Heart's balls here. Is it too unrealistic to conclude that the reason for this abysmal season is simply COVID nineteen? Most of our players and coaches are away from their families and probably have loved ones affected both physically and economically by the pandemic. Same can be said for Michigan, Nebraska, Penn State, etc. Yeah, but you know you got teams out there that aren't losing. So you're saying that Clemson's not been affected, or Alabama's not been affected, or um, Indiana. Um, Ohio State, some of these other teams. I mean, I, you know, I think COVID-19 affected Tennessee greatly because they had a bunch of guys mispractice. Um, you know, it was interesting hearing Jeremy Pruitt on the teleconference talk about how K. Ron Calvert had missed four weeks at the start and just wasn't ready to play at the start of the year, but complimented him on his play against Auburn, in the Auburn game. Now, maybe he should have played earlier. Maybe that's a coaching mistake there, but um, fact of the matter is, I mean, it, it has affected Tennessee, but it's affected everybody. So I don't know that you can just come back and say Tennessee's where they are right now only because of COVID. I think you can say Tennessee's where they are right now more because of quarterback play than they are COVID. That's just my opinion. I mean, I don't disagree with that. I mean, I think COVID has affected everybody. Teams that are undefeated, teams that are winless. I think that in some form or fashion, it has affected them. Has it affected Tennessee's? Ability to get quarter, good quarterback play? No. But has it affected uh, younger players from developing quicker because certain players had to, uh, you know, miss 
due to quarantine. I think that that that's absolutely true. I mean, a guy like Cade Mays and Wanya Morris, when all said and done, are going to have you know over forty days of quarantine. I mean, that's a lot. I mean, like, I mean, like you know, you, to, to say that doesn't matter, I think would be erroneous. And again, you know, I I just think that like it, it, it's it's mattered in certain ways, and in other ways, it has. All right, let's go to all vol here. Where do the vols finish in team rankings and recruiting? What are the chances Tennessee takes a grad transfer quarterback? Any names out there? Uh, I'm not aware of any well, names at this point. Uh, awesome, but I, I, I think they definitely want to take one. Yes, I think that that right now would be uh, priority number one, um, you know, which is why I think Tennessee will leave at least one spot open, if not multiple, in this recruiting class. Um, a bunch of people are getting cut. What 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 was his first question, Brent? Where are they going to finish in the rankings, team rankings? Uh, I think they end up finishing top ten because I think they hold on to most of this class, and you never know who they may add, Brent. You know, I don't, I don't think they're out on Nylon Green. I've dug on this all week. Uh, I think the balls uh, still very much are kicking in in the in the mix for Nylon Green. All right, Army Clerk wants to know, does Pruitt really, really want to be here with all the COVID-19 stuff? How can this program not have a plan for off-season conditioning? Uh, we look out of shape and confused about what's happening. Do you think we're a very poorly coached football team? I, I don't think Jim Chaney's had a great year. I think part of that's quarterback play, but I don't think that's fair to say uh, simply blame that on the quarterback because I think when you're making that kind of money – you got to compromise. You got to find ways to work around whatever issues that you have there. So I don't think that they've had a great year there. Um, and, you know, defensively, they've obviously had their issues and, and haven't been able to solve some problems. And, I, and as Coach Pruitt said, I think that does start with some coaching. As for the all-season conditioning stuff, I mean, I don't know what plan you wanted them to have, Rob. They weren't, they weren't on campus. I mean, you can send them a workout to do. But outside of that, I'm not really sure what they were supposed to what they were supposed to do in terms of conditioning plans, you know? Do you guys feel like that they're as out of shape as everybody's letting on? Cause it, right. I mean, I, I don't feel like this. I, don't, I do not feel like it seemed that way to me. Me either. I mean, what it seemed like to me more than anything is they've got an offense that can't score more than two touchdowns in a game and they're severely limited at quarterback. I don't think it's rocket science. Jeremy Pruitt wants to be here. I think, I think he wants to prove he can be a head coach and he can be successful. So yes, I think Jeremy Pruitt wants to be here. I don't think he wants to get fired. I don't think he wants to get run out of town. Um, I think he took this challenge and and wants to prove to everybody that he can do this job. Um, so, I, I, I mean, that's just my opinion on it. A um, couple of hoops questions here, Rob. Uh, will Tennessee play a game before 12-15 against Appalachian State? And over and under of uh, one and a half seniors returning next year, um, returning next year. So I guess he's asking is Fulkerson going to come back and Anasiki? Uh, I would say under, because I'm going to still have to see. I mean, I'm not – I mean, I've been told that there's a good chance both those guys come back or one of them come, comes back, but I, I still have to, to see that to believe it. Uh, as for 12-15, I mean, right now the Cincinnati game is still on. I mean, that's December 12th. That's way – that's well outside the – whether you're talking about the 10- or 14-day quarantine period, whatever – Whatever it is, so yeah, I, I anticipate them playing Cincinnati on the twelfth. Hey, hey, Rob. Yes, sir. Remember now, they can be under one and a half. Long as one of them comes back, you're going to the golf course. 
I'm not going to be a cheap date though, AP. I'm, I'm going to have to make my my return to the course after after like 23 years. We're we're probably going to we, we're going to the honors. We're going to the honors. I got to make one call. Right, baby. We're, not, we're not playing dead horse. We're going That's to it. the honors. Take a guy who hadn't played golf in two decades to the honors course. That'll be fun. Get your video cameras out for that one. Hey, Rob, I, is there I, is there a minimal number of games that Tennessee wants to play or you need to play before you begin SEC play? I mean, no. There, I mean, there's not like a, a magic number, but I mean, Rick would have played. <laughs> Rick would have played every other day in December if you, if you know if they could have gotten that many games and if it was feasible. And um, I mean, he was pretty. He was pretty happy with what they got done before the shutdown. And now I think he would take, take just about as many as he could get that it was logistically possible for them to play. All right. Final question. We're at the gate here. Uh, any idea who the fourth non-conference football game is going to be next season? Austin, I don't know that. Uh, maybe you or Rob have heard something. I'm not sure what that, what the fourth conference non-conference game looks like. Do you? No, I don't. I know they play Pitt. They have, they have Pittsburgh the next two years home next year and then at Pitt in 2022 before they go to BYU in 2023, I would assume it'll be somebody, um, you know, like a South Alabama or somebody like that, like, you know, that, that, that level of play. I don't, I do not see um, Tennessee, you know, picking up another big timer uh, when you already have Pitt, which is an ACC school. Um, uh, is next year the year they have army or Navy or whoever it is on no, the I schedule? I don't think that's next year. Um, but I'll have to go back and double check that, but I don't think that's the case. All right. He's got a couple more questions here. Why doesn't the SEC go ahead and release a December football schedule for all the makeup games? Uh, you know, I, I, Rob, I think that TV is going into the six game, six day window for the rest of the year because the conference is going to try to rework the schedule the best they can to get everybody 10 games with divisional games, probably being the first priority. And, and listen, th they want to make sure Florida and A&M play a full schedule because those are the two teams along with Alabama that have a chance to make the college football playoff. So whether anybody likes it or not, they're going to make sure they're going to rework that schedule if they need to, to make sure those three teams have the best resume they can have for the college football playoff, which means playing 10 games when some of your big, you know, big 10 schools aren't going to be close to that. Um, and, and, and that might come into play when you talk about your playoff rankings. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. It's going to be, you're going to find out Monday afternoon about noon every week what the Saturday game times are, and Florida and A&M are playing 10. Yeah, I agree with that. Even if they have to play somebody twice. <laughs> All right, pumpkin pie or uh, pecan pie? Pumpkin pie. Rob Lewis is checking out on both. I mean, I, I'm not That's chocolate. That's chocolate pie for Rob Lewis on Thanksgiving. Well, right? I, I, I agree with that. I I, I, I would go back that. for I, I, I would go back for a second helping of, of stuffing or, or mashed potatoes and gravy before I will go, go with dessert. No sweet, no sweets for Rob Lewis. Can you believe that, Austin Price? No sweets. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not a health. It's not a health thing. It's just not. My, <laughs> I'm much more of a starchy. I, I just can't stand the look of a pecan pie. I I just can't handle it. What the syrup, the the pecans themselves? I mean, what? Yes, what? like the like the, the like them like laying there. It looks like a brain. I just can't handle it. You know what? I even like the I even like those little Debbie pecan pies that come wrapped up in a in a little tin full packet. There, AP. Um, you can um, always you can always roll a pecan I'm, pie out. There. I'm sure oh, you do, Hubs. Always a pecan pie over a pumpkin pie. All right, listen, that's going to do it for this edition of the Volquest.com Mailbag Podcast. Again, we want to thank our friends 
at Blue Water Climate Control, and they certainly wish everybody out there a happy Thanksgiving. If you have uh, needs for your HVAC unit, uh, be sure and give them a call at 865-299-2290. Uh, they can take care of whatever you need. They'll send a technician out to discover um, and look at your problem and, and evaluate it and tell you exactly what you need. They're not going to upsell you on something that you don't need. They're going to take care of you the right way uh, when they send their team of experts out to look at whatever issue that you're dealing with. Be sure and check them out online at bluewaterclimatecontrol.com or on Twitter at blueh2o underscore climate. Call them today at 865-299-2290 for any need that you may have. On behalf of Rob Lewis and Austin Price, we want to wish everybody a very happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the day with your family. And uh, we will talk to you on Friday. And we'll see if Tennessee can play football next week against um, the Florida Gators. And we'll see where basketball is at. But that's going to do it for this edition of the podcast. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody.